Coming up, MLB once again showing they have no idea how to market their sport, looking ahead to the D-backs 2023 schedule, and so much more on today's podcast. You are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked on Dimebacks podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day listening to who? Always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account, or just look up Locked on Dimebacks both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, thank you for making Locked on Diamondbacks, your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms, so please continue to tell your friends. On today's pod, we are discussing the MLB schedule because I did not know the MLB schedule was just going to drop on my Wednesday, like I had no idea. I didn't hear anything about the MLB schedule coming out today. And that's kind of where I want to start this podcast because MLB, I know a lot of people like to take digs at Major League Baseball because we say they don't know how to market their stars. They're not great at giving more exposure to their best players and teams. And a lot of that's still true. But sometimes we do go a little bit overboard with, you know, the marketing of what the MLB does because, you know, they're posting highlights on Twitter. They're doing stuff on social social media. They're in commercials. They're trying their best in most cases, most scenarios. But this right here, this MLB schedule release, this thing actually got me pretty heated at work today when I saw this um, come across my timeline because I was just scrolling through Twitter and then all of all of a sudden I'm like seeing these schedules drop by different teams. It's like the Oakland A's are posting their schedule. The Atlanta Braves are posting their schedule. I'm like, why are you guys posting your schedule in the middle of August? Like we already know there's like a month left. Why are you guys posting your schedule right now? And then I look at what, you know, the tweet, I look a little bit deeper into the details and it's like, oh, these are next year's schedules. And that just kind of took me aback because it's like, who knew the schedules were coming out today? I'm the D-Backs podcast host. I do a podcast five days a week. I had no idea the D-Backs schedule is going to come out today. And I think that's a big issue for baseball and in terms of marketing, because not like um, the schedule release would have been bringing, you know, a huge amount of viewers and eyeballs to the sport of baseball um, if, if they planned a little bit more. That That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is MLB misses out on every chance it has to better market their sport. I'm not saying if they did this marketing campaign better, it would have led to a 10% growth in eyeballs, but just the fact that they can't get the basics right and the bare minimum right is what really gets me upset because I'm not a big schedule release person, but at least other sports make it an event. The NFL has like a whole freaking primetime show on ESPN with countdowns and they do like a whole primetime hour special basketball they do uh you know a lead up to their release of their schedules teams do crazy videos hockey too like at the Arizona Coyotes we take our schedule release serious and we do videos and stuff like that we brainstorm for weeks and in those sports it's in the off season when nothing's going on the season's over 2022 is over let's look ahead to next year's schedule in the off season right before the draft usually but in baseball 
It's the middle of the season. It's the it's the end of the season. It's the middle of the week. It's Wednesday. This is not even like a Friday news dump. This is even worse than a Friday news dump. This is a freaking Wednesday morning. We get the schedule released, and it's like, what is this I'm looking at? Why is MLB dropping this to me on a Wednesday at the end of the season? I should be focusing in on the wild card race. I should be focusing in on the playoff standings, MVP race, award races. But instead, I'm like getting distracted with next season already. And for me as a D-backs fan, you know, I could look ahead to next year because it's not like the D-backs are going to be in the postseason. But for other teams and other fan bases, like why am I getting distracted with 2023 schedule when I'm still in the middle of a, of a wild card race right now? I'm still in the middle of fighting for my division. Like baseball just doesn't know how to spread out their content calendar. That's been a big issue with baseball when you look at the MLB draft being like in the middle of the season, um, right during the All-Star weekend. Like you have the draft and you have All-Star weekend. Like it's literally happening on the same day. You got events crossing over with the All-Star draft and you can't even watch, not the All-Star draft, the MLB draft. And you can't even watch like the second and third day of the MLB draft. Like baseball likes to jumble up all their best days in like one week and that's why the offseason for baseball feels like it drags so much, not just because teams don't sign the players at the rate that they used to when the offseason first start opening up because it used to be more of an MLB free agent frenzy. We got a little bit this year because of the lockout, but that's not the case anymore with baseball. And um, right now with baseball, they're just not doing a good job of spreading out that content calendar. We used to have a free agent frenzy in baseball. We just don't get that anymore, and now the offseason feels like it drags a little bit more, and the MLB schedule release is something they could easily put in the offseason just to add a little bit of juice. It's not going to make me, you know, start craving for 2023 baseball, but just like a little nugget, just a, a little sample, a little appetizer to wet my palate as I'm going through the dry offseason, and Baseball just seems to miss the mark on that. They just seem to miss the mark when it comes to a content calendar. They see what basketball is doing. They see what football is doing. They say, you know what? We're baseball. We're going to do our own thing and just be stuck in our old ways. And just so many things have gone wrong with baseball. They've done some positive things like the Little League game I think was interesting. The Field of Dreams game is interesting. But there is better things baseball can do to help market their sport. And starting with the schedule release. That's probably the first thing they should do and get fixed because that should be an event. We should know, uh, you know, baseball season usually ends around October. You know what? Around the winter meetings, probably right before the winter meetings or right after the winter meetings is when we should get that schedule released. Probably right after because winter meetings is supposed to be the time it used to. I remember growing up as a kid, winter meetings roll around. All the big time free agents are getting um, signed during that time, but that doesn't really happen anymore. But if you at least... Drop the schedule after winning meetings. Maybe there is another free agent frenzy. We'll see. But at least there'll be some big names that sign during the winter meetings. And then you get that schedule right after. And it's like, all right, how is my new team going to look heading into next season? What opponents do they have to face? It just makes that content calendar look so much cleaner. If It's like if Major League Baseball wants to hire me to come in and bring some innovative ideas, like I can definitely do that for Major League Baseball. Because right now, they just don't know what they're doing. And... When you look at the schedule, there's going to be some new changes to the schedule, like um, all 30 teams playing all 30 teams. And it's like, how did we not have that until this season? How do we not every year all 30 teams play all 30 teams? Like we're not football. We don't have just 17 games. We have double the amount of games of hockey and basketball. And guess what? In basketball, hockey, you play every team at least twice, I think, home and away. And so for baseball, it's like, 
how is this the first season that they're doing this? The first season where you could play all the teams and see all the stars um, at once. The first time D-backs can play every team in Major League Baseball. Like, that makes no sense to me because it's like I grew up as a Red Sox fan, and I want to see the Red Sox play the D-backs a lot more often. And a couple of years ago, I was gracious enough to see the Red Sox come to Arizona, come to Chase Field during opening weekend. And it's like I haven't seen them in town since. I didn't see them in town before that. And it's like that should not be the case. You play a 162 games you got 30 teams every team should play each other at least once and finally baseball has finally caught up to that it was a very antiquated system with how they had it before and now we're going to talk about some major takeaways from this MLB schedule release because MLB.com dropped an article, seven big takeaways from this MLB schedule release. So I want to go through each takeaway with you guys and kind of break it down as to why the change in the schedule is so good for the sport outside of just each team playing each other. So we're going to get into that schedule. But first, I have a message for y'all. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of drunk driving. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Let's get back into the podcast and let's get, and let's discuss those takeaways written in the MLB.com article. And the first takeaway written by Will Leach, I believe I'm going to say your last name. Sorry, Will, but I wanted to give you a little credit on this article. And the first takeaway that he has written down is the stars will all get to play each other. And one little fun fact, he's got a little fun facts on each takeaway. And I think the fun fact he has here is Bryce Harper and Mike Trout have only played each other seven times in their entire careers. Those are two players who won Rookie of the Year together, have won MVPs, and they've both been basically connected since they spent time in the minor leagues. And those two players only playing each other seven times in their whole career is actually insane. And now we are going to see some bigger primetime matchups. Like when you're talking about MLB, marketing their sport better how about you get matchups where best players are playing against other best players like you look at the nfl nba the top nfl matchups we want to see are usually dependent on the quarterbacks right we want to see chiefs versus bills because those are two electric offenses going against each other when you look at basketball you care about the stars right you want to see lebron james and the lakers go against i don't know the brooklyn nets and kevin durant like it's about stars and baseball Still hasn't figured out that stars are what drives your sport. Baseball thinks it's the stats, the analytics, and there's a huge market for that. There's a lot of people that watch sports because they like the analytics and the stats and they could throw a little physics and science and you hit the ball at this angle, it'll go that far with this expected batting average. Like for some people, they watch baseball through the prism of a calculator and that's not how I watch baseball. I'm more of a vibes guy. Some people have talked about how I like the analytics and I got that term from Colin Coward, so let me give credit where credit is due but 
overall, it's like, how did we not have more stars playing each other more? It's not that hard to do. It's a big reason why it's good that baseball is moving to this format where all 30 teams can play all 30 teams because we shouldn't just have Bryce Harper and Mike Trout playing each other only one time the whole season. That should not be the case. So glad to see baseball made that change. Now, the second takeaway on this article is about how you'll get a far more balanced wildcard race. And that's an aspect that I really like, the competition aspect of this I really like, because you never really think about this too much. At least I never really thought about how much playing your own division really affects your overall record. But the writer makes a great point here about how it's easier to um, make the wildcard or the playoffs if you're playing in a division like the NL Central, where the Reds, the Pirates, and the Cubs are basically fighting for the number one pick. But if you're like the Baltimore Orioles, who have a good chance of making the wild card, you got to go against the Rays, the Red Sox, the Blue Jays, the Yankees. Like, that makes it inherently more tough to make the postseason, just win games in general. So now, baseball, it used to be 76 games you played against your division. They're now cutting that down to just 52 games. They're cutting away 24 games from that number. So I think that's going to greatly improve the sport from a competition standpoint and just really flatline um, across Major League Baseball, the competition. Now, teams like the Dodgers, they're still going to be the Dodgers. They're still going to win around 100 games and they're still going to be elite. But a team like the D-backs who get crushed by the Dodgers, who get crushed by the Padres a lot, it might help them out if they do get an extra series against the Reds throughout the year, an extra series against the Royals throughout the year. You know what I'm saying? Like just having a few more games, obviously there are going to be a few more games now against teams like the Yankees as well, but overall you're just getting to even it out some because depending on how good your division is, um, would actually affect whether you made the postseason or not. And for the D-backs, they're not typically great against their division, at least the top dogs especially last year, like the Giants, Padres, and Dodgers really <laughs> dominated the D-backs last season. This year, it's been a different story against the Giants, but overall, when the NL West is clicking and the top of that division is good, they're usually going to play the D-backs tough, and when it's the Giants, Dodgers, and Padres rolling and those teams are good, they're probably going to beat up on the D-backs a lot, and we've seen that throughout this season. The Dodgers beat up on the D-backs. The Padres beat up on the D-backs. Hey, if the D-backs are going to get beat up on, I would rather it be a different opponent than an NL West rival because those are just such infuriating losses when you just get smacked down by NL West rival like that. So the D-backs are going to get dubbed on. I'd rather be against another team, but at least the D-backs will also get a few more series against worse opponents as well. And the final takeaway I want to discuss before we move on to uh, segment number three is you can now schedule a different road trip every year and not repeat one for a while. So before, if you, like I mentioned before, the Red Sox and D-backs, like you only got that matchup like every three to five years. Like it was not very often um, you got to see a, a road team come into your stadium that was from interleague play. Like that did not happen often. Like he has this great point here under um, this takeaway that it took Albert Pujols eight years to visit Bush Stadium for the first time as an angel. Eight seasons. He was damn near 40 by the time he was able to visit visit Bush Stadium for the first time as a Los Angeles angel. Now, you might play every team. You might play a team only once in a season in your home stadium, or you might play a team once in a season on the road. But no matter what, that next season, you'll do the vice versa. So 
the Red Sox are coming to the D-backs this season to Chase Field. That means next season the D-backs will go to Boston. So at least every other year you'll be home and away with every team in baseball. So I just think that's really cool because you could go on the road with the D-backs, follow your team, and basically see every stadium in one season or two seasons as opposed to the past where you might have had to wait, you know, seven years to go see the D-backs go up to Boston to play the Red Sox. So I like that a lot for Major League Baseball. When we talk about marketing your sport, that's going to be great for marketing their sport. Now let's get into the next takeaway, number four, and it's the resumption of old-time rivalry. I couldn't say that word. Old-time rivalries and surely the beginning of new ones because he has here how the Giants and Yankees used to be really hated rivals when they used to sh share the same town way back in the day, but now the Giants haven't been to Yankee Stadium since 2016. They will be there next season, and so we might see some new rivalries in baseball. You might see some crazy wackiness that we might have never seen before because, like, the Texas Rangers, I think it's the only interleague team that the D-backs will have a home and away for next season. So a team like that, the Rangers, that could be a little rival. That could be a natural rival just based off how the schedule is going to be set up for next season. Like, I'm not saying, you know, the, the, the Yankees and the Dodgers are all of a sudden going to be huge rivals because they might play each other a little bit more in a season. But you never know. Maybe, uh, you know, a team like the Brewers and a team like the Mariners, who knows? Maybe they get in a little scuffle. Luis Castillo hits Christian Yelich or something like that. And all of a sudden, we're off to the races. People are throwing punches. Benches are clearing. You never know. So I'm pro fighting in sports. I don't want to see anyone get hurt. But someone gets disrespected. If someone, you know, someone else intentionally hurts someone else and they want to respond, like, I'm pro fighting in sports, so I would not be opposed to more rivalries and more fights breaking out because I used to love watching Big Poppy get into it with the New York Yankees, throw some swings, throw some haymakers. Did he connect? Not usually, but it was still fun to watch, so I would love to see some new rivalries in baseball. We get annual, this is the next takeaway, we get annual World Series rematches. You'll be surprised. We don't see a lot of World Series rematches. We did see one this year between the Braves and Atlanta, but typically it happens around every three seasons, which is pretty weird. And it's like, I'm not one that's clamoring for a World Series rematch, but the fact that we don't see them, it's just kind of weird because it's like, I don't know, in any, in any other sport, if you got the rematch of the Super Bowl or the NBA Finals or the Stanley Cup, like you'd be like, oh, that's interesting. I'll keep an eye on it. I might not watch the game, but I'll at least keep an eye on it and maybe check it, you know, check up on it through highlights on Twitter or ESPN or whatever. But if those two teams are just never going to play each other in a season, it's like, why, why would you never have, you know, that rematch? In a season, like it is kind of a, it is a little spicy when those two teams do face each other. It's like, all right, did the team that lost, are they going to get their revenge? Are they going to get that rematch in and say, hey, the only reason we lost, you know, last time is because so-and-so was hurt or X, Y, and Z happened. So it is fun. Or the team that won last time, they win again. Then they have super bragging rights. And it's like, we own you. It doesn't matter. Postseason, regular season, we just dominate you guys. So you could just create more rivalries from that. The fact that you're going to play every team 
is great, but you also could create a rivalry just from that World Series rematch because guess what? I'm sure the Dodgers definitely created some rivalries with the Astros and the Red Sox considering they considered them cheaters. And now we get more Dodgers versus Astros and Red Sox in a single season, especially if we got those matchups after a World Series. Like if we got Astros, Dodgers, or Red Sox, Dodgers, after each of those teams won a World Series, we got to see that matchup in the regular season. Like that would have been so much fun. That would have been so spicy. So I'm glad baseball is changing the schedule so we could get more World Series rematches. Next up, this one is really fun. No one gets left out on opening day in July 4th. And for me, I could care less about everyone playing on July 4th, Independence Day. Feels very American, feels very baseball, baseball America's pastime. But for me, I could care less about everyone playing on July 4th. I think that is cool. But for me, I care more about everyone playing on opening day because for the first time since 1968, every ball club will play on opening day. And, oh, excuse me, they will play on opening day and July 4th. And for me, like I said, I don't really care about the July 4th part. I care more about the opening day part because just when I think about other sports, like when I think about basketball, I'm a huge Lakers fan. And I don't like it when the season starts and the Lakers aren't playing. Like when they have that second day, when the season already started, you know, October 28th, but the Lakers first game is going to be October 29th. Like when the season starts, I want my team to be playing. I want to see, I want to turn on the first game of the season and my team be involved. I don't want to have to wait an extra day or two to see my team when other fans, fans and fan bases have already seen their team. So I love this more than everyone playing on July 4th because when opening day rolls around, you have so much anxiety and angst and excitedness and it's like I can't wait to see my team play and it's like wait I gotta wait another day now because we're only gonna get three games today it's like why aren't every team playing why isn't every team playing like there's no actual reason for every team not to play unless it's some tv red issue or something like that because there's no reason why every team can't play so I'm glad we're finally getting every team on opening day because nothing frustrates me more as a fan when I'm looking forward to opening day, the first game of the season, the first day of the season, and it's like, whoa, wait, my team isn't playing the first day of the season? I got to watch some teams I don't even care about? It's like, that doesn't make me, that's not fun as a sports fan or a D-backs fan or any kind of fan in general. So I'm glad we get to see everybody on opening day. I guess July 4th is cool as well, but I care more about opening day. And then finally, this kind of goes along with the wild card race. The league-wide pennant chase that goes down to the very last day will be phenomenal because we're going to see some interesting things. We're going to get some division matchups at the end of the season, like always Dodgers, Giants, Mets, Phillies, Cardinals, Cubs, Yankees, Blue Jays. Those are all going to be at the end of the season next year. But we're also going to see some interleague matchups that could definitely play um, into how these teams finish because you're going to see Astros D-backs as the final as the final series of the season next year. Twins Rockies, White Sox Padres, like that White Sox Padres game series, I should say, next year to end the season. Like if it's like this year, like imagine if that was 2022. Padres White Sox final series of the season for both those teams. Like the Padres I think as of me recording this, they they have like a one and a half game lead on the Milwaukee Brewers in the in the wild card standings, while the White Sox are like two games back of both the wild card and the division. Like that series could literally determine which team makes the postseason, and those two teams are not even in the same league, which I just think which I think adds another level of intrigue and just being interesting overall, right? Like we watch sports because of intrigue interests narratives like I'm a big narrative based guy when I watch sports like 
if I'm turning on a game, there's usually a reason, there's a narrative, like this guy's going to try to break this record, or these two teams have beef, so what could happen? So if we're going into the final series of the season, it's like White Sox-Padres, Padres win, they make it into the National League wildcard race, White Sox win, they make it into the American League wildcard race, two different leagues, both need to win to make the postseason, I think that would be very interesting, so... I love all these takeaways that MLB.com wrote because I agree with all of them. The MLB schedule change had to happen. It took way too long. The season season schedule has usually been very antiquated. I don't like how they dropped the schedule because it should be more of an event. It should be a lead up to the release. We should be marketing our stars better. But fixing the schedule will help some of MLB's marketing issues. So I won't complain from that standpoint. But overall, baseball. Let's do better. You got one thing right with how you fix the schedule, and let's do another thing right with how we present the schedule. Now, that's it for this edition of the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. Thank you to everyone who tuned into today's pod. Come back tomorrow for more Diamondbacks news coverage and insight. We didn't get into the D-back schedule today, but maybe we'll get into it tomorrow. As always, come back tomorrow for more Diamondbacks news coverage and insight if I didn't say that already. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy. Deuces.